This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 8.15 and 10.30 a.m. for Holy Communion and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? These are the words of the people of Beth Shemesh, Israelites, after receiving the Ark of the Covenant. These are words that are indicative of our sinful condition. See, we cannot stand before Almighty God in pride and arrogance. To do so is to try to stand against him. Looking at the Ten Commandments of the Decalogue as our guide, the breaking of any of the commandments is, in fact, uh, standing before God in arrogance. Whether it's to say, I want to serve the gods of my own choosing, or to hurt others through our selfish, sinful actions, all are acts of standing before the Lord in pride and arrogance. Today, let us meditate upon 1 Samuel chapter 6 and the very beginning of chapter 7 to better understand the call upon all of us as Christians to stand before the Lord in awe through Jesus Christ alone. As we read last week, the Philistines, a country just to the west of Israel at this time, attempted to stand before God after they captured the Ark of the Covenant in battle. They tried to stand before God or stand against God by placing the Ark of the Covenant in the temple of their god, Dagon. As we read last week, this failed. They tried then to stand before the Lord through parading the Ark of the Covenant through their other cities. God struck them down through death, by tumors, by a plague of mice running throughout the country. In the first part of chapter 6, we come to the point where Philistia wanted to get rid of the Ark. Philistia asked their religious leaders what they needed to do to return the Ark to Israel. Their leaders told them this in verse 5. So you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravage the land and give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from off you and your gods and your land. Turning from their prideful actions against God and his ark was essential. See, a total turning back to God or a total turning to God is what God requires. It is not a partial turning. It is a full turning. The next verse continues the advice of these Philistine priests and diviners. They said, why should you harden your heart as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? After he dealt severely with them, did they not send the people away and they departed? The Philistine religious leaders were calling their people to stop standing before God in arrogance, to stop standing against the Lord. They called them to give the glory to Almighty God. All those attempting to stand before God 
through pride, through arrogance, through sin, fail. The only course is to give God the glory alone. Throughout history, secular and even pagan human beings have tried to stand before the Lord in arrogance through various means. You read in the beginning, the opening chapters of Genesis with the Tower of Babel trying to erect a large tower to be above God. We read last week of the Philistines putting the ark before Dagon and Dagon falling twice before the ark of God. In our own day, we stand before the Lord arrogantly through the many idols we have devised. We have idols in our own culture such as abortion that we explain away with sanitized medical, scientific terminology to justify breaking the commandment to murder. Various addictions we cling to in hope of relief of our troubles, our idols. Technology can be our own form of the Tower of Babel when we use it to stand before God in arrogance. These are all idols our own culture and society have erected to stand before God in pride, in open rebellion. The Philistine religious leaders advise their nation to turn from the failures of the past in standing against God. Instead, they called their people to give God the glory. They did this by advising the people to send the ark back with a guilt offering of the golden tumors and the golden mice without human escort. They sought to let God guide the ark home upon these milk cows on which there has never come a yoke. They knew they could not stand before God. When we are in our stubborn phases in life, we want to think that we can stand before God by our terms, by our conditions, clinging to the rebellious sins we do not want to discard. The issue, no matter what angle we attempt, is that we cannot meet the terms and conditions of the word and law of God for salvation and redemption. Jesus Christ alone meets these conditions, these terms of the law perfectly as our mediator as our advocate upon his cross, dying for our guilt and failing to meet these conditions. We can only stand in Jesus Christ alone through his love, by grace, through faith, by his fulfilling of the conditions in our place. Jesus Christ, as we know, as we confess in our creeds, is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty as our only mediator, as our only savior, as our only advocate. He stands in our place, meeting all the conditions necessary to secure our salvation, to secure a future resurrection to glorified bodies at his return. We can only stand before God in Jesus Christ alone. The second part of chapter 6 speaks of the Philistines sending the ark back to the, to the Lord, back to Israel as advised. As you read, the milk cows took the ark to Israel. This confirmed that all the troubles wrought upon the Philistines was indeed God's hand. Seeing that God indeed worked, the lords of the Philistines that had been following from afar returned home. From here we read that the ark was back in the possession in the midst of the promised land, in the midst of God's people. In response, the people used the cows as a burnt offering and the wood from the cart. 
They rejoiced at this return through offering worship, through giving glory to God. In the last section of these events, it speaks of the ark in terms of being back in the hands of God's people. Note all that occurred in these events proved that this indeed was God's work, God's hand. The Philistines could not contain God. The Philistines could not stand before God. Israel had no hand in getting the ark back. We read nothing about a special military commando raid to bring the ark back. No, God did, need, did not need such intervention. He worked in his time to bring the Philistines to their knees, to give him the glory alone. Now he turned back to his people. He turned back, if you think about it, to their heart issue of open rebellion against him. Things started in the right direction in the previous section with Israel giving thanks to God, offering a sacrifice. They had the Levites handle the ark as was their role. Yet the rebellious hearts of the people collided with the will of God, with the glory of God here. Yes, they had the externals right, just as they had with bringing the ark into battle in previous chapters. Their hearts, though, were still hardened in rebellion against God. They still wanted to do what was right in their own eyes while having all the neat little trappings of their religion. And verse 19 states, And he struck some of the men of Beth Shemesh, because they looked upon the ark of the Lord. He struck 70 men of them, and the people mourned, because the Lord had struck them with a great blow. Before this point, as we read in verse 13, the people of this town were reaping a wheat harvest. They were going about a joyful work, harvesting the work of their hands. Then the ark appears bringing them more joy. Yet as verse 19 indicates, they gazed or they looked upon the ark. And that word look or gaze there can have the connotation of looking with irreverence, without submission. They looked upon it with a mindset of pride rather than humility. And God dealt them a blow. St. Paul dealt with much the same issue today in our epistle. From first, second Corinthians 11. As we read some within the Corinthian church. Were leading the congregation astray. Through a boastful. And through a spiritual prideful approach. These super apostles that Paul. Was writing against. Sought for the people to serve them. By pumping themselves up as super Christians. Able to stand before God. By their works. By their merits. As verses 19 and 20 of this epistle state. For you gladly bear with fools. Being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you. Or devours you. Or takes advantage of you. Or puts on airs. Or strikes you in the face. Ultimately these Corinthian leaders. Acted as the ancient Israelites. Were not leaders at all. But tyrants wanting to do what was right in their own eyes. Whether in the smallest unit of society, in the family, or with nations, we must be careful as leaders to be first servants. Not demanding obedience, not demanding compliance, but serving. The Christian model of grace and love is to serve. 
The pagan model, which is what the Corinthian leaders were exhibiting, is to demand those that are under them to serve their needs. When this occurs, all that is happening is that the leader is standing before God in arrogance and hypocrisy, thinking they can stand before him in autonomy and their own perfection. Often in such situations as with the Corinthian church and with ancient Israel, such tyrannical leaders will demand a moral compliance of those under them while they think they're entitled to do as they please. Such was the case in the earlier chapters of 1 Samuel that we read a few weeks ago of the sons of Eli that were running rampant, sinning against God, yet still demanding the sacrifices of the people. Such is the case of anyone that demands obedience, yet still will do as they please. Such is standing before God out of arrogance. The mark of this are people that will not serve, but will demand that people serve them. The issue that the rebellious do not heed is that they need to repent. That they need to acknowledge that they are unable, that they are completely powerless. That as Paul concluded in the epistle today, are weak in need of God. Only in such repentance and contrition are we carried in Christ through power, through his love. This is the point of our lesson, 1 Samuel chapter 6 today. Yes, the ark, the symbol of their faith was back. The hard lesson of giving God the glory through repentance and turning fully to him was being taught to them here anew. In response to this, the people of Beth Shemesh sent word to another city, kiriath Jiriam, asking them to come and get the ark. There they brought it to a member of the tribe of Levi. Some scholars think it was actually a descendant of the high priest Aaron to have charge of the ark of God. We read in 1 Samuel 7 verse 2 that the ark remained under the care of Eleazar for 20 years. The end of verse 2 is key to this passage and to what we will see next week. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. These were not empty cries, empty laments. The people were ready. The people had been softened of heart by God's work to return to God. They saw all their arrogant boasting in themselves through doing what was right in their own eyes as a failure. They were ready for what will occur next in the rest of chapter 7. We cannot stand before God in our own power their own might, or anything else. We can only stand in Jesus Christ alone by his works, by his love and grace for all. We fail when we try to stand before the Lord in pride, whether it's pride in self, our accomplishments, pride in our family, pride in our nation, pride in our tribe, or pride in anything. We cannot stand in such. We can only stand in the faith by his grace alone. May we meditate upon what Jesus Christ has done for us to secure this great redemption, to secure our future resurrection and glory in him. May we seek him in everything that we do, standing before him in awe, in reverence, and loving obedience. As you read in our psalm today, let all the earth fear the Lord. 
Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Amen.